Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs, episode 23 of season 3. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And we hope you are all enjoying these last few weeks of summer, and welcome to our third anniversary show. (laughs) It's been a great three years, and it's all because of you, Leafs Nation, that we are going strong, and we thank you so much for listening and following us. I can't hardly believe that uh, this has been three full years. And of course, this is the the first kind of full calendar during all this COVID craziness uh, that we've gotten through. And yeah, we cannot thank our listeners enough for the support. Uh, We so appreciate you. Yeah, it's a it's a huge uh, it's a huge thing for us. Can't believe we've we've managed to go on three years, but um, but yeah, no, it's definitely because the listeners uh, keep us going and and our followers on social media too. So, before we get into the anniversary episode, we do have some things that we that have come up since our last show that we want to mention. Uh, first off, we want to send our best wishes to Boreas Salming and his family. Um, Salming announced that he has been diagnosed with ALS and. Um, He's one of the greatest Leafs of all time, and it was a real shock when he sent this message out on social media. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, he's 71 years old, and um, I mean, the guy looks so, he's so fit in pictures that he puts on Instagram. Um, follow him on Instagram and on Facebook. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's it's sad. He's really going to, it's going to be one of the toughest things um basically for his life. And um, he's obviously he's a legend for the Leafs. He is on legend row. He has a a statue there and um, he was named to the, I guess at the centennial anniversary of the Leafs um, in 2016, he was named number eight in the top 100 greatest Leafs. And then one thing I just wanted to read and um, that he meant, he said when he was named to as one of the top 100 Leafs, uh, or sorry, top 100 in NHL players. And that was also at the centennial of the NHL. He said, today, I always say to everybody, this is the Mecca of hockey. He's speaking of Toronto, of course. And he said to play here. And I say that all the years I played with Toronto, everybody who got traded there, who came here, everybody said, my dream as a hockey player was to be playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't know. I got emotional there. I'm a little bit emotional now. I managed to control myself, but um, he's uh, he's just, he's an icon for us here in Toronto. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so we wish him well and hope he wins this. We want him to win the battle. 
Absolutely. Definitely. It's, it's devastating news. Um, I can't hardly imagine. I, I think even, you know, for anyone it's, it's horrible, but for someone who makes their living, you know, uh, physically, you know, to be, to lose that thing that, you know, you basically, your whole identity is wrapped around is, is gotta be, um, so, so difficult. And of course our heart goes out to him and his family on a more positive note. So we have a positive news item, um, when it comes to players health. And that is, uh, the story of Rodion Amarov, uh, who announced on social media just this weekend that he is back to practicing with his KHL club for the first time since being diagnosed with a brain tumor in February of this year. So I, and I, I think in Selming's case too, I, I believe that when you're an elite athlete, that really holds you in good stead when it comes to being able to, um, you know, get healthy and, you know, manage and handle all the treatments you have to have. And um, so this is just great news for Rodion. And of course, we're rooting for him to, you know, basically be able to come back uh, stronger than ever. Yeah, I was uh, looking at the video, I guess, of him at that first practice. And um, it was just, it was great to see, like, for what he's been through and the chemo treatments, um, like, in just these last few months, it's really unbelievable that he was back on the ice. And you saw the smile, right? Mm -hmm. And that, like, that's just huge for him. Um, I'm sure, like, just to, when you have that smile after what you've been through, like, that's just going to like take him on to to better things uh, ahead and and again we we hope that it just continues this um positivity and that uh, he's he seems he's been positive throughout which is great so he obviously has a, a great um i guess support with the family um and that and uh yeah we wish him the best to continue um continue on practicing they didn't say if he was going to actually play any games um like mm-hmm. coming up but at least he's taken the first step and he can he can move on from there. Yeah, I think that the having that that love of the game that they have like that's that's a huge motivation, yeah. you know. Um yeah. and and it's a gives them that positivity and like you said they've got a lot of support around them including support from um their clubs which includes the Leafs so um yeah. so good for yeah, him. Yeah, and it's great like um, Kyle Dubas, like, and the Leafs are really good um, with that and, and helping players, uh, especially when they help them all the time, but especially when you have this type of um, devastating news when, when it comes to your own health and like life in general. Um, mm-hmm. The Leafs are really good at supporting players. So, so that's good. So it's good to see him on the ice. And, um, Yeah, so now we're going to move on to a couple of quick NHL notes. Um, The league announced that the World Cup of Hockey will return in 2024. (laughs) I don't know how you feel. Trying How do you to, feel about this? Trying to recoup, uh, well, the first thing I thought of is like trying to recoup some of the money they lost during all this COVID time. <laughs> what better time and better thing to do than put on a, a splashy event like this? Uh, I think they also know that um, the players, having not been able to go to the last Olympics, are really, they love to play for their countries, right? So I don't know how they're going to organize this, if they're going to have like a team North America, like they did before uh, with the Young Guns team. Um, They might not do that again, but uh, 
anyway, it's 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 a fun event, but I'm no doubt it will be very expensive. Yeah, <laughs> to see it live. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess because we didn't we didn't attend any of the games at the last one when they had that Team North America. I don't know. For me, I'm thinking it would probably be more exciting for me if they would if it would have continued having the tournament from like after 1996. Um, yeah. And then the next one, I guess, was in 2004. I guess it was that was the last one that they had. Like for me, right. it's the and for you too. I'm pretty sure it's the tradition, like to have that continuously. Mm-hmm. And and but to me, it's like like you're saying, it's expensive and it's a money grab. <laughs> my, well, sort of. especially when they don't really like you're saying, like they don't really seem to commit yeah. to it, and they just sort of bring it out of you know the the closet when yeah. they seem to yeah. want to do something. Yeah. You know, that's. To me, that's not the way to build excitement around it. Like, look at what they've done with the World Juniors, you know, for example. Like, now it's sort of a staple event. And, of course, we all know what happened now that they had to move it to August. It was, like, almost a non-event. It was great that, you know, Team Canada won and everything, um, but it wasn't watched. It's, It's a tradition, because now there's a tradition built around it at Christmas time, right? It's similar to the way it goes with, you know, football at Thanksgiving um, in the States. So that's what they kind of need to do. They need to commit to putting on an event and doing it consistently so that, you know, generations to come will be looking forward to it. But unless unless they're going to commit to doing that, I you know, this is just going to yeah. be something that they bring out every once in a while. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I... I went to the games in 1991, the Canada Cup games um, in, ha- in Hamilton, yeah. like the drive, the excitement. It was just different back then, um, the mm-hmm. excitement. But that's because like there was the tournament before that, the 1987 one. And there was like, yeah, pre- it was a tradition, right? So that's how I kind of got hooked on it. But um, I don't know. We'll see what the NHL does anyways with this. Um, they haven't announced where it's going to be no. though yet. Have no, they? not that I know of. No. Mm. no. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So the NHL also announced uh, the 2023 NHL awards and the NHL draft are going to be held in Nashville this year. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, quite the splash. Uh, they always put on really good events in Nashville. So i um, looking forward to seeing that. And um, just to cap things off, uh, news just off the wire. Uh, the Canadian women have come through again, defeating the women from Team USA 2-1 to win the gold medal at the Women's World Championship. Yay. So congratulations Woo-hoo. to them. <laughs> yeah, congratulations to them. That's uh, that's uh, uh, the thing that I saw there was that was the one of the saves. I think it was in the third late in the third period that that and mm-hmm. and Marie Debien, I believe is her name, the goalie for the for the women's team. Mm-hmm. She. She made uh, she made a spectacular save. Anyways, it was all over social media and all that to 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 keep it at two one, and um, yeah, that was huge. But congratulations to the Canadian mm-hmm. women. So, uh, before we get into the show proper, a reminder that you can find links to any of the articles that we discuss on our show notes, which are attached to all of our episodes. Check them out to get more details on what we discuss. All right, so let's get to it. In this episode, we are starting off with, well, it's our anniversary episode. So we're going to take you back to when it all began for Ladies Talking Leaves with our origin story. 
It's a chance for us to reintroduce ourselves to our more seasoned listeners and to get to know those of you that may be experiencing us for the first time. Uh, next up, we're going to have a leaf update and we're going to discuss some questions we posed and their responses from a recent social media poll that we did. And you'll also want to stick around for our third period segment as we are going to give you the details on how to win our third annual anniversary contest. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right, so off the top, we want to tell you that you'll find a lot about, a lot about us and our show at our website, ladiestalkingleafs.com. And we made some updates there recently, so go check that out. Yeah, we also did a couple of interviews when we were guests of our friends at Hockey Time Machine, and you can go to our YouTube channel and find those videos there. Again, the links to our website and all of our social media are available in our show notes. I can't believe that it's actually been oh, just over a year since we did our uh, initial uh, interview on Hockey Time Machine. So that was uh, that was really, really? fun experience. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, yeah, so want to introduce ourselves uh, a little bit just to give you an idea as to how we became Leaf fans um, for myself. Um, I guess I was probably about 10 or 11 years old when I first got into watching the Leafs. And basically, I, I'm the only person in my family that had a passion for the Leafs or, or got a passion for the Leafs. And I got that through my through my Uncle John. And um, he always watched hockey. So I always joined him in front of the TV watching Hockey Night in Canada. And then uh, basically I was watching th mostly through the 80s, watching the craziness that came from Harold Ballard. And um, yeah, and my favorite players are uh, Wendell Clark and Rick Vive. So go ahead, Syl. And how, how'd, you, how'd you become a Leaf <laughs> fan? <laughs> so I think, you know, our story is probably really similar to a lot of people's. And for me, it was a family thing also, but it was something special that my dad and I did together. I, I do have a brother, but somehow I was the one that ended up being the big hockey fan. And you could find me uh, sometimes sitting with my dad on his lap uh, when I was really little. Um, but then, you know, when I, as I got older, on the couch with him every Saturday and Wednesday, uh, watching Hockey Night in Canada and yelling at the TV a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I watched, um, you know, all the way through growing up, 70s, 80s, just like, just like Chris. And uh, at that time, um, my favorite players were uh, Mike Palmatier. Because uh, I, I just love goaltenders. And um, and then later on, uh, Dougie Gilmore was my was my favorite player. Yeah, because you were a goalie, right? In, yeah. Uh, yeah, I played uh, whenever I played sports. Yeah. That was a team sport. I usually played goal. So like for soccer. And then in high school, I, I was a field hockey goalie. So field hockey is obviously very different. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yes, so I like to channel those uh those great leaf goaltenders. Yeah. And um, this is going to be interesting. Now, I didn't actually tell Sil what the memory I was going to mention here. We have some favorite leaf memories uh, throughout the years. We we met um, probably about 30 years or so ago. And uh, so we've got mm -hmm. a lot of memories together. So I'm going to mention my first memory that I thought was is kind of funny and it's, it was good anyways. Well, when we was when we both won cell phones at Maple Leaf Gardens. 
That was hilarious. Oh. On different weeks. Yes. Then it was, and it was preseason, <laughs> had, wasn't it? I think it. I, I think, think it was. So. You won the first one. They had the the they had the Nokia phone giveaway, and yeah. it was the block kind of phone too. Like the yes, it was a small yes. block phone. It had a little antenna that you had to yes. pull up. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, we thought this is really fantastic because it's so small. Because be- the beginning, you can remember. I don't know if people used to watch Miami Vice, and they had those big, huge, you know, brick yes. phones <laughs> that they used to use in the car. Um, yeah, and this was kind of a little bit smaller. It kind of fit in your your hand nicely, uh, and it had this little antenna. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so funny how it's like she won it the first week and then we went to the game the mm-hmm. following week and then they picked my seat in Maple Leaf Gardens too yeah. the next week. And I was like, oh, so we were all excited. Anyways, and the sad thing is, though, we really haven't won anything since then. <laughs> yeah, that's been the highlight as far as the winning goes <laughs> of any of the contests or promos that they have, unfortunately. Yeah. But what's a, yeah. what's a memory you have? Um, one of my favorite memories is um, it was during all of that, you know, media frenzy that was around the playoffs in the 92-93 season. And it was during that season um, against uh, that uh, the second series against St. Louis. And I remember how hot the day was and the games that we were going to. We had bought tickets uh, at the time. And... Um, we had decided that we were going to wear, we were superstitious and we were going to wear the same, same t-shirts to every <laughs> game. And I remember uh, the son, I guess, was interviewing people just like on the street in front of Maple Leaf Gardens. And I, I remember getting interviewed and talking about that, the fact that we haven't changed our shirts. And uh, it <laughs> was so remember hot. That. I remember and- being hot, but I don't remember the Toronto Sun part. <laughs> I I I do. I don't know. Maybe I was just dreaming it. But anyway, uh, but I do remember that. And I remember that game lasted so long. I think it was like around one in the morning or something when it finished. It was so hot in Maple Leaf Gardens um, that it was, you know, unfortunate that we had decided that we weren't going to change the shirts because, yeah, we it was a pretty sweaty (laughs) night in there. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's one of the ones that I remember. Yeah. And uh, another one that I remember, too, my second one that I picked out was, uh, I guess, the road trip going to Montreal when it was the return mm. of Pat Burns and uh, right. going there and and just being in the Montreal Forum. Like, mm-hmm. those old buildings, like, nothing is the same like that, that time. And just the, the vibe exactly. there and... You know, it's the usual thing, even like the way it is today, the way the Leafs Nation takes over the Bell Center and and they come here and they, whatever, the Hab fans come here and kind of do the same. But I think we're better personally, Leafs Nation. But yeah, that game mm-hmm. at the Forum and um, that we won and, and just just after the game too, I remember Wendell Clark going across the, like, across the bench and, and saying something to Pat Burns and it was just like... I don't know, you just don't have that sort of connection to the team um as much or it's a different connection back then. But uh that was a yeah. that was a huge moment. I remember standing outside like across the road from the forum and they had those escalators that were like shaped like the hockey stick, sort of. Right? The yeah. lights on the hockey sticks. It was just a I don't know, you really knew that you were you were seeing you were seeing a game 
that was somewhere like somewhere historical sort of and uh and then the two forever rivals the leafs and the and the habs sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah that was my my other memory and uh I won't mention the fact that we, it wasn't in that, I don't think it was that trip, but how we missed the bus and um, had. No, I think (laughs) we were walking in the snowstorm. I don't know how many kilometers in in the the wrong wrong direction, direction. trying to find the the crepe place that we wanted to go to. That's another story. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. So, so many funny things. So uh, my second one I'm going to mention is is a recent one. And, it, and this is also from a road trip, um, is when we were watching them in um, Vegas. And we had, we were fortunate enough this time around to get um, very reasonably priced. We were so lucky. Seats um, pretty much right at the glass. So like three seats, three rows up. And um, it was at the end that the Leafs were scoring on, I guess, twice. And uh, that was, I don't know if people remember, but that game was like, Austin Matthews had one hell of a game that night. And one of the goals that he scored, he basically scored it. And then he wrapped around for his celly and he celebrated right in front of Christine and I, who are yes, on our I have that vision. And it was I have like, that vision coming yes. at me right now. <laughs> yeah. And he was like right in our face celebrating with us. That was a moment that I will never forget. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was I, we've we've never had that type of I guess connection, especially now in in today's game um, with yeah. the player coming right at us. That was that was phenomenal. Yeah, something we'll we'll both uh, never forget. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we have so many great memories. Like we've we've mentioned a few, a couple of them, anyways, for each of us. But uh, we could go on forever about it. But we need to get into t- today's leaves with our update segment. Hmm. So obviously, it's been pretty much crickets in uh, Leafland, and not much has happened since our last episode, uh, which we kind of thought would be the case. They are kind of laying low, so to speak. Uh, so we decided to create our own little Leaf update, and we posed a few questions uh, to Leafs Nation on social media. And uh, this is basically what is uh, had come back from yeah, that. Yeah. So. Um- Thank you for, for for your feedback, first of all, for the people that actually voted on the polls and, and gave us suggestions and comments on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and our handle there is at LTL1917. Uh, we chose three questions out of the five that we asked, uh, three questions that were most interesting in terms of the results of the poll. So the first question that we chose was, uh, will Kyle Dubas make a deal in the coming weeks or months ahead? And if so, who do you think the Leafs should trade? So the choices we gave were Jake Muzzin, Alexander Kerfoot, and Rasmus Sandin, and other. And surprisingly, um, it was a surprising because the results were very even between the three players. I put Rasmus Sandin in there because I as an option, because I know I thought to myself, everybody's going to say Nylander, right? <laughs> so I just thought, you know, I'm going to change it up a bit. <laughs> and because of the stuff that's going on with Sandine now, where he's not signed, um, I thought I'd put him in there and just get the vibe from Leafs. Let us get the vibe from Leafs Nation as to how they're feeling. And basically, Muzzin got 29% of the vote. Kerfoot got 31% of the vote. And Sandine got 26% of the vote. And 
other was 14%. And those were mainly, they mentioned Hall and Nylander, which are the usual, Mm -hmm. like they've been spoken about for quite some time. So yeah, I just thought it was very interesting that it's almost like Leafs Nation is saying, you know what, (laughs) we've had the... We've had this happen with uh, Nylander, I guess, a few years back, and he managed to get paid and right down to the wire. And Sandine now thinks he's going to do the same. But I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Kyle Dubas doesn't cave to him this time, like the way he did with uh, with Nylander. At least that's how I think of it. I don't think there's any way that that happens yeah. because honestly, like he does not have the same leverage that Nylander right. has yeah. um, or even had at that time. You know, like think about the the great season Nylander was coming off of at that, at that point. Um, you know, he played so many games. Uh, Sandine has been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, he's really yet to prove himself and they kind of need to find a spot for him too. So Neil- I don't think that yeah. they're in any hurry. Yeah, whereas Nylander too. I mean, he was basically with Austin Matthews as his right-hand man at That's the time, right. sort of, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one who started with him. And so he established himself as a top winger on the team. Mm-hmm. And Sandine hasn't done that. So I don't know. And I didn't know, you You mentioned to me before the show, you had known that Sandine has the same agent as Nylander. Um, That's right. I didn't know that yeah. until yesterday, but um, I thought, oh God, I thought, I wonder what he thinks, <laughs> what, he, what he's uh, trying to do here. Um, but I don't think he's going to, yeah, he, he's just played around. We've t- spoken about this before, but Sandine has uh, only played about 80 NHL games. So there's, and mm-hmm. in and out of lineup injuries. I mean, he's a great player, like, or I think he has the potential to be a great defenseman or a really good one for us, but mm-hmm. He's not there yet, and he hasn't proven it, so he needs to give his head a, head a shake yeah. a little bit. But, I mean, you know, agents don't have that many things that they can do, right? Yeah. So holding out is one of their tactics. So I think they're going to push it as far as they can. But, you know, he's a youngish, youngish player still. It's not going to help his development at all to be sitting out. So uh, hopefully... Once training camp starts, um, they'll get back to talking and they'll get something done uh, fairly quickly. Is there anything else like of these, you Um, know, uh, well, I mean, these choices that kind of stood out to you or surprised you at all? I mean, the one with Muzzin, maybe a little bit, because although people have been talking about him a little bit, but he's he's it's tough because he's a leader in the room and he's he's won a cup, too. Mm -hmm. And we just don't we that experience we need. I, I'm hoping, again, I, I I think last year, like when he came into camp, he was already injured. That's the whole thing. That's what. Yes, I agree. And so, and that's what basically the whole year was a write-off for him, the regular season. But I'm hoping this year, there hasn't been much talk about them. I hope when he comes to camp and they, they do the player interviews that um, he says that he's like back to feeling good. Like, like John Tavares has said that. Like he, he's wearing to go JT. Like he's mm-hmm. like last year, he said like, just from that whole injury, that major head injury that he had in the, in the playoffs the previous year against the Habs in game one. Um, he just said like, you know, that it took a lot. He was almost a hundred percent, let's just say at the beginning of the year, but all that rehab and that it takes, it, it just, this, it just for an athlete, I guess it takes a lot uh, out of them to to actually perform the way they want to, um, just by going through all that 
that rehab, but for sure. But yeah. And I think that it's hard to do in seasons to be able to, you know, really rehab. Like that's definitely easier to, you know, be able to focus on, you know, during the off season, which, um, you know, they're getting to do now. So I, I expect for sure JT is going to come back really good this year and hopefully Muzzin will also. And Kerfoot was, Um, um, I mean, that's, he's been spoken about almost as much as Nylander all the time when it comes to being traded. But I mean, I've been reading some articles lately and it's true. Like to have a player that versatile making the, I don't know if it's 3.5 million or just over 3 million that he Mm -hmm. makes um, to be able to play boat on the wing penalty kill. He plays a little bit on the second power play, I believe. um, And he can play center. Like how many players in the league yep. have that, right? Can, can do, do all, all that. that. Yeah. For, <laughs> For that, that price. price. Not many. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, uh, something has to be done, obviously, over the next little while, because we're still over the cap by about a million and a half. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next question we asked was about who should play the left wing alongside Tavares and Nylander. And the choices that we gave were Nick Robertson Pierre Engvall, Tavares moving to the wing, or other? And the overwhelming winner on this question was Nick Robertson with a 52% share of the votes. Uh, Engvall got 18.5% of the vote, Tavares moving to the wing, 13%, and other choices were 17%, and a few people said uh, Kelly Yarncroc and Alex Kerfoot. Uh, so what uh, what surprised you or caught your eye with um, the results with this one? Yeah, I mean, I expected Nick Robertson to get the majority. Um, I just hope the kid can stay healthy and um, like and he basically has to prove that he belongs there still. Right. And and yeah. Sheldon Keefe has to I said it in the in a tweet that I put out. The NHL actually put out a uh, a tweet saying, will Nick Robertson like like become a, a steady like top six player for the Leafs in, in the, hopefully this season. And I said, yeah, he will, but he needs to basically be given the minutes by Sheldon Keefe. And, and then once he's given those minutes on the top, like on a line with, let's say Tavares and Nylander, like he needs to basically produce and he needs to basically get that trust with Sheldon Keefe to say that he belongs there basically. And if he doesn't, then whatever, then we got to go move to another option, which um, I don't know, like we'll get into Kelly Arncroft in a bit, but what do you think about with Nick Robertson? Well, I, I, I agree with that. But the one thing is, is that I, I hope they give him a little bit of rope because he is a young player. He's going to make mistakes. He, he probably, you know, even if he has a couple really good games where he scores or whatever, if he drops off a bit, you know, they need to give him a little bit of time um, and commit to him playing there for a while before, yeah. you know, demoting him or whatever. Um, you know, I they seem to sometimes, um, you know, jump the gun a little bit and uh, pivot too quickly. And I think, you know, for the first, you know, 20 games or so, they got to give him some more time. Yeah, no, for sure. He's only there. If he's only gonna, 20 years they're old. They're going to try that. And he's um Yeah. But I mean, he came back from a significant injury last year with the Marlies breaking exactly. breaking the fibula or tibula, I forget which one it was. Um I think it was tibula. 
broke his broke leg. His leg. <laughs> Don't want to be too <laughs> yeah. medical with my words here. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, and then he was like a top producer or point. He got a lot of points with the Marley. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah. it's just the whole thing though with him too is that, you know, he's, he is sometimes a little reckless, like not reckless in, in the way, um, Oh, what's his face was, uh, who's not on our team anymore. Oh gosh. I like totally hiking on the name. Anyways. I'm, sorry. No, 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 no. He's Kasha. a big guy. Yes. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. You can't um, move. See how quick, how quickly we you forget. can't move on from when you can't remember. <laughs> That's right. We got to figure it out. Anyways. Um, so, but yeah, but he, he tends to be like a little bit, you know, reckless, uh, with, you know, the way he throws his body around and it's not that big a body. So he's got to make sure that he plays a smart game and gets himself in the right position and uh, uses his energy well, because the guy just hustles and um, you know, but he's going to have to manage his energy a little bit better uh, for the NHL. I think, I think Haley Wickenheiser, I think she mentioned that uh, a while ago too, about Nick Robertson and hopefully, Mm -hmm. Like she's had discussions with him too about that and, and yeah. controlling or putting his energy in the, in the right places. And st- right? Yeah. Like you don't, like you don't want to ever try to rein a guy in because like, obviously that is a, a huge, huge asset. Yeah. Uh, it's just getting him to use that in a smarter way, I guess. So. Yeah. And um, I was a little bit surprised with the Pierre Engvall um, I put him in there because I, I did actually see on social media before I we did the poll, I saw his name out there and I was like, oh, well, let's see. Let's see what kind of love Pierre Engvall has for going on the left side. But then I thought, well, he has a connection with uh, Nylander a little bit, right? The two Swedish yeah. players. And um, yeah, so I don't know. So he got 18.5% of the vote. And I thought, personally, I thought a lot more people would have said to have uh, Tavares go to the wing. But uh, mm-hmm. no, and then uh, yeah, Callie Yarncrock is the guy that I didn't I didn't know too much about. So I did some a little bit of research, and um, what I I wanted to know because he spent eight seasons with Nashville, like that's most time that he spent, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah, and he was mainly in that middle of the lineup of the second or third line player. So he had uh, average playing time about 15 to 16 minutes a night, which is basically, I mean, it would be probably a couple more minutes if he ended up on the line with um, with JT and, and Nylander. But um, yeah, I, I he's apparently, I'm going to be looking out for this now because every every article I read, it said that he has a really good shot. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking for that shot if he does get the, uh, wherever he is, whether it be on the second or third line. Um, yeah, I'm going to be looking for that shot. But the guy that I also thought that should get a a shot at it um, on, on that left side would be the Nicholas Obey Kubel. Mm-hmm. So, but then I would, because I was looking at him a little bit more too, because he is an energy guy, right? He's a guy that I think Leaf and yeah. are going to like. We talked a little bit about him before when we, uh, when he got signed at free agency in our last episode. But, um, yeah, he's, but I guess he's, he's only been in the league five years and um, the average ice time that he's had is only 10 minutes, around 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. he hasn't really, but then I was thinking because he's, he's only 26. Uh, so I'm thinking, well, maybe he, 
needs to be on a team where he's given more of an opportunity, let's just say, right? And maybe he needs, he's been in the league a few years now. Like maybe the Sheldon Keefe will want to experiment a little bit and see if he can use that energy on that, on that second line and, and, and give him those minutes. You're trying to, you're trying to think of, you're thinking of trying to kind of recreate a second line version of the first line. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Because it's the sort of same sort of makeup. And in this case, you've got Willie as the playmaker, you know, who also has a great shot. You've got, you know, JT who can be like, you know, more more of a net front presence, which is kind of different, yeah. I guess. But but then, you know, the 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 plugger who's going to, you know, get in the tough spots and dig out the puck and all of that. Get under the skin. Uh, with Obey the Bell team, and get under the skin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what they do. Like, Keith usually uh, gets pretty creative with uh, the assets that he has, especially at the start. So uh, I guess we'll see what he decides to do yeah. there. Yeah, so going on to our third question that we are going to review here um, that we had on our Ladies Talking Leaves poll, um, we wanted to talk about what about this goal song issue that everybody seems to be talking about, and we really haven't said much about it. So I just decided, or we decided that we just want to see what uh, some ideas we have and what you have. So apparently not a lot of people out there like You Make My Dreams Come True by Hollow Notes. And... I don't know. We got used to it, I guess, hearing hearing it in uh, at Scotiabank Arena at the games. But um, and I like Hollow Notes. I think Sill likes them pretty good too. Yeah, yeah they're okay, sort of thing, right? Yeah. But um, anyway, we put the question out to see what gold song would you prefer if the Leafs decide to change it. And the options we gave were "The Boys Are Back in Town" by Thin Lizzy, which that got fourteen percent of the vote. Let's Get Loud by J-Lo, and that also got 14% of the vote, and Raise a Little Hell by Trooper, and that got 43% of the vote. So that was the overwhelming winner, and Mm -hmm. Other was 29%. The funny thing is, and this is what I find a lot on when this question comes up on social media, we didn't get a lot of suggestions in the comments to say... (laughs) Okay. I know people will say what they don't like, yeah. but they don't say what they do like. And I'm like, one of, and then one of our top uh, fans from Facebook, Paul Baker, um, he gave a, a good one that I I thought was good anyways, was You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by BTO. That was mm-hmm. kind of a, a song that I thought could could go well as a, as a you know. I I don't know if that's if it's upbeat if there's like a part of it that is upbeat enough. Oh yeah, there's I think that. the raise a little hell one is interesting yeah. to me. And even though I don't love that song, like I remember at school dances when they would play it, I I Oh really? Not, not like it. But it got everybody going. You know, like everybody's got their arms up and it's a Canadian tune. Uh so I could see that one. Uh, going over well. well. The thing is, um, um, one thing I do want to mention here: this, these choices that we gave the three, it was truly a family, uh, a family event here that we did in our choices yes. on social media. Because the first one, the boys are back in town, I thought would have gotten a little bit more love. That was chosen by or given as a choice or suggestion by Sales' son. Mm-hmm. And then I gave the let let's get loud um, by J Lo because I thought you know it's a little bit more diverse. We want to, we have a diverse fan base, so 
want to get into that kind of thing. And and it's something that you can get into. You can go, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, like, be like <laughs> I'm not going to sing the song because I'm not J-Lo, that's for sure. And then the Raise a Little Hell was given by my nephew um, as, oh. as, the, as the option. So, yeah, it was truly a family yeah. <laughs> event in this one because we were trying to we were trying to get some ideas, but uh, we would love to have some more ideas from from our, uh, I guess our. F- yeah, so followers. you know, if anybody's got any ideas, you know, shoot them out to us. Uh, we'd be happy to mention this yeah. as as we go forward. Yeah, DM us or send us an email, uh, ladies talking mm-hmm. leaves at gmail.com or DM us on mm-hmm. social media. Let us know if you have any suggestions for. Uh, for a song, for a goal song, another goal song. Personally, I think it's going to stay the same this season again. Yeah, like like we haven't heard anything to say that the goal song is going to be changed, so we can't get too excited about it. Uh, but anyway, it's something we can get excited about is moving on to our third period segment and the details about our anniversary contest. Yes, so what you've mm-hmm. all been waiting for, details of our third anniversary contest. Um, we're excited about it. This year we have another great prize pack of Leaf items and a Tim's gift card. And Syl is going to give you details on how to win this fantastic prize. That's right. That's right. To win the prize, all you have to do is go to our Instagram page and follow us if you aren't already. Uh, find our anniversary post and like it and comment by tagging two friends. The deadline to enter is September 30th, and that's all you got to do. And we will also post the info about our contest on our Twitter and Facebook pages and also on our website. Um, and you'll be able, actually able to enter through that as well. And uh, we'll give the links to our Instagram uh, for you to enter. And the contest is open to anyone in Canada and the U.S. We are going to think about something to do for our more global listeners. Um, we're trying to think of something that we can include everybody. Uh, but since Tim Hortons isn't everywhere, um, yeah, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's a... Uh... It's exciting. Our third anniversary. Can't believe it's three years still, but um, we're going to be going into season four soon. And um, yeah, um, just if you want to win this prize, you got you got to go and and enter. So and believe Mm -hmm. me, I know about entering contests. Unfortunately, I can't enter their own contest. So. No, no, you can't, even though you love, even Tim, though Hortons. I love Tim Hortons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. the Leafs. And anyway, we do so encourage you to do so because we want to be able to celebrate you. And this is our way of being able to give back to you. So please, definitely, everybody enter. So before we go, we just want to mention that there is a four part four-part documentary series coming up uh, about the 1972 Summit Series um, on CBC that starts on September 14th. It's the 50th anniversary of that historical hockey series. Um, We were only little kids then, but from what our parents told us about that time, it was unreal how the whole country was basically shut down anytime there was a game on between Canada and Russia. It was was just, um, yeah, it 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 was just a different... A, a totally different time, basically. And um, I, I looked at some, um, both Syl and I are into hockey history, uh, obviously, especially for the Leafs, but also Team Canada. And um, I was looking some of the, the videos of, of, of the game of the games and how intense that series was. And, um, mm-hmm. and 
Nasty. Yeah, I got well, I got mixed up actually speaking of nastiness. I got mixed up. I I had the wrong player. I didn't realize it was Phil Esposito that was in the penalty box doing the cutthroat symbol at a Russian player, uh, Boris Mihailov. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my I had I thought it was um Gila Point that did that, but um but it was Phil Esposito and he I was watching the video again and he's like he's doing the cutthroat symbol and then he points to him and he points to him himself and and then to the player Boris Mihailov saying like we're gonna get at it together sort of thing right and it was just the game was totally different back then it was like really mm-hmm. <laughs> good old hockey game let's say and um yeah and it was a it was a different time obviously when it came down to the I guess the Obviously, the two different types of political views being the communists and and democracy here mm-hmm. in uh, in the West, and um, and then it was the first time really like the NHL players saw the different game that the that the Russians played, and then uh, yeah, from there the from that series for sure the game our game here in in the NHL changed like it a hundred percent yeah and it if it, I was just gonna say that that it was. Really, uh, we owe today's game to yeah. those events. Yeah. And so it, it was just, it's so significant um, uh, to the history of our sport. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, I was thinking too that, you know, we have that, that, that goal by um, Paul Henderson that is so celebrated. You know, um, our younger generations have, you know, Sidney Crosby's golden goal, for example, right. at the Olympics. And, and for, you know, generations before that, you know, Paul Henderson's goals still still stand the test of time. And if you talk to people of a certain generation, you know, they will regale you with stories of, of that moment. Yeah. 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 No, for for sure. It was it was um, it was something that you knew, like they say, you knew where you were in that. Uh, yeah. When when you're watching the games of that series. So, yeah, check that out. It's a four part documentary series starts on September 14th. I know I'm going to be watching it because there's going to be um, footage, I guess, new footage um, from the games that were never seen before. So that'll be cool to see. Mm. And yeah, so again, Leafs Nation, be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. And we're now on the Believe Network. Um, and over the coming months, we're excited for the opportunity to make improvements to the show. And it's all for you. Also, a reminder to be sure to leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leaf content. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. Uh, Here you can also find a photo gallery of many of our Leafs memories and find a link to our, you can find a link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. So thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders for everything they do. Um, Hopefully we're, (laughs) we're, we're getting through this pandemic. Like it's, uh, it's, hopefully almost over. I don't know if you can say it's ever over, but mm-hmm. um, we we can, we always have to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for, for getting us through this and continuing, continuing their work to keep us all safe. And we just want to say one last thank you to you, our listeners. We so appreciate you. And until next time, go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Uh-huh.